Clandestine by Arthur J. McWilliams Chapter 1 Michael The archangel, Michael, high commander of heaven, turns around in the Parisian hotel lobby and blinks. He isn't quite sure where he's supposed to be, but the note in his pocket says, Here. Michael received a location and a time by way of a message courier. He is here, on time, but his companion for the evening is late. Wearing a silver suit with yellow accents that goes well with his dark brown oxfords and his tortoiseshell glasses that he only wears on earth. Not that another angel would not recognize him, but he's trying to blend in. His blonde hair is longer than ear length currently, but he has it tied back on his hair to keep his face free of the strands. He rechecks his pocket watch. He sighs and slips it back into the small pocket of his waistcoat. He is waiting in the lobby of the La Hotel Eden. It is late September and it's reasonably warm in Paris, France. The year of our Lord is 1984, and it's been over a year since he'd been back to Earth. Is there any way I can help you, sir? You seem to be lost. A kind woman asks, in first French, then English, as she comes closer. She wears a black pantsuit with a small silver name tag that says Marie. Michael is fascinated by the fetching red scarf around her neck. He likes red. It reminds him of the person he's waiting on. I am waiting for my companion. We have a Michael has to think about what they're doing. The human term is in there somewhere in his mind. He nods with a beaming smile once he recalls it. We have a date, but they're late, it seems. His French is poor, but he fumbles through communicating with her. Would you prefer to wait at the bar? We have a wonderful drink selection. She gestures to the left. I'm sure your companion... She looks like she's unfurring something. Could see you there. Michael scans her mind. She's scared of the optics of a well-dressed man waiting for a prostitute in her hotel. And this is not what she wishes for her hotel. He has to sigh audibly. That's not why he's here either. I am fine. He smooths down his tie. Thank you. I will wait here for my date. He smiles at her, manages a slight change in her perception. Her head cants to the side as his mind invites her to look again. He makes her believe there is nothing wrong with waiting for a date in a hotel lobby. A minor miracle they use on humans all the time, to make them forget they saw one of them, or to make them simply walk away. After all, this keeps them safe. Very well, sir. Enjoy your date. She smiles and moves on to the next patron, who looks lost. Michael's eyes watch her walk. From the back, he notes the red soles on the shoes she wears. Like the red scarf, it is a deep contrast to everything else, and it keeps his eyes as she goes. Beelzebub appears at his side, looking at her as Michael seems to be. She's cute. He looks handsome, hair long and stringy around his face and eyes. 
Not quite my type, but cute anyhow. Michael turns to him, voice frustrated. You're late. He doesn't want to talk about the woman. The demon, predictably, is dressed all in black. The red pocket square in the front pocket of his suit catches his eye. Had he shown up like that, or had he simply added it to match the woman to get Michael's attention? Whatever reason, it worked. Were there problems? Michael forces himself to ask as his eyes roam up and down the demon's attire. Got held up. Can't help it if the boss needs me, he shrugs. Dinner first. Beelzebub gives him a pull on his elbow and they walk together. I would like that, yes. Michael smiles, falling in step with him. I'm glad you came. Michael is always terrible when it comes to small talk. You look well. The following words tumble out. I've missed you. The ruby eyes meet his own, and he beams a bright smile. Thank you. Me too. And after you... Beelzebub motions him into the hotel's restaurant, and they walk together. His answers are usually curt like this in public. Should anyone see us, B? Michael is looking all around. No one is going to see us, Mike. Calm down. He walks up to the host. Table for two under the name Benjamin Hive. One of the private booths, please. The girl looks down at the host menu, eyes glazed over, as she nods blankly. She gathers two menus and a wine list. This way, gentlemen. They follow her back to a small booth, where they sit. The curtains around them are closed. Enjoy your meal. You don't have to manipulate their minds, Michael sighs. I would have been happy to wait. Come on, Michael, live a little. Beelzebub doesn't look ashamed at all. It would have been a fifty-minute wait. I'm not the type to wait. And besides, what do you think you did with that nice woman in the lobby, hmm? You didn't have to do that either, but you did. The red scarf, the heels, thinking of me. It's been a very long time since you presented such femininity. He points toward the lobby. That was little more than casting a mirror, something all of us do. Acting in such a manner as you did with a host is taking advantage, and it's a completely different scenario. Michael sighs before scrubbing his face with his hands. I am sorry I haven't been able to get away as of late. Things are busy upstairs, and Gabriel's been all over me. Hopefully he's good in the sack. Beelzebub smirks. He's my brother. Michael shakes his head. That's not calm down. I was trying to be funny. Beelzebub smiles as the waiter appears, setting down glasses of water. Beelzebub waves a hand, and the waiter nods and leaves. I ordered your favorite and some wine. The fish. The fish is your favorite, at least that I can remember. Beelzebub scrunches up his nose. He smiles. You're not sleeping. How long has it been, since you've had even the slightest nap? Michael isn't sure how the demon can know that. Three months. It's true, he's exhausted. You'd better enjoy that fish, then, so that I can get you into a bed. 
The handsome prince has told him on a few occasions that he hates the smell of fish. Michael wonders why, but he's never asked. But Beelzebub always seems to indulge Michael with what he wants. Wine comes to them first, and they murmur about what is going on with their work. However redacted that conversation may come, Michael is open to it. Beelzebub says his fellow royals ask questions about why he's away so often, and he's running out of excuses. Though their rendezvous are so far apart, it's a wonder why anyone would ask questions. Michael admits the same things going on in heaven. They both agree they will need to space their meetings out further apart, or there will be problems on both sides. They agree, and decide they'll work on a schedule to suit their needs. Communication is complex between them. They have set up postage boxes on Earth and send messages via human courier. But even their weekly notes may be too risky. Dinner is nothing to linger over. They eat their food, drink their wine, and Beelzebub manages the check to Michael's protests. Michael doesn't want to waste the time they have. Beelzebub transports them to the top floor of the hotel. They stand outside a pair of ivory French doors. I think this will do. What is this room? They've always just gotten a small room on the lower floor of the hotel. The key slides into the door slowly, and Beelzebub turns the tumbler over before writing the key and pulling it back out. The door opens for him, and he holds it open for Michael to walk in ahead of him. Penthouse, Beelzebub smiles. Thought I should go all out before we have to be apart for another year. The prince is very pleased with the main room. It might be longer than a year, Michael nods. I want to make sure we have time to get everything done we desire. Beelzebub nods, turning to pull his tie off. We have plenty of time, Commander, he says softly. Hi, Commander. Michael shucks out of his jacket and lays it over a chair. He pulls out his notebook and pen, setting them down on the table. Michael unlatches his watch and lays it beside the book. Is my official title. Is it? Beelzebub chuckles, teasing. Beelzebub lays out his cigarette case and lighter. Michael's hands rub up Beelzebub's neck to cradle his head. The kiss is firm and deep. B. Michael says his name fervently against lips. I missed you. His fingers grab greedily against the shorter man's shirt. We can take our time, High Commander. Beelzebub kisses him again and bites his lip. Your Highness. Michael moans softly and pulls Beelzebub flush against him. Get undressed. I want to see you. Touch you. Beelzebub chuckles. Sure. He pushes Michael to step back and take his coat off. Do you touch yourself up there in heaven, thinking about me? Michael has to seal his eyes and swallow, but he nods. He cannot lie to him. Often, more often than I would rather wish to admit. His fingers undo the button, starting at his neck and going down before Beelzebub's dark hands force his fingers away. Be quiet. I like that. That somehow I'm up there in heaven, 
even if it's only in your thoughts. Beelzebub continues the buttons down and leans up to kiss Michael deeply. And prayers. Beelzebub groans loudly at Michael's sincerity. Shut up before I gag you. Such tiny deft fingers make quick work of those pearly white buttons. Michael marvels at Beelzebub's determination. Michael's brow rises, curious about the statement. Gag me. You can't be serious. Oh, I'm serious. Very. Beelzebub smiles as the last button comes free. He pushes the shirt over Michael's shoulders, and the angel pulls it off, letting it fall to the floor. Michael grabs his neck again, kissing him profoundly, pulling at the black shirt the demon wears. Beelzebub hisses. Don't you dare. This shirt is my good shirt. Beelzebub argues and steps back to take off one small button at a time. The last one you tore all the buttons off of, and after I never thought I'd hear the end of it. Beelzebub rolls his eyes. From whom? Michael chuckles. Do you have someone who mends your shirts? I do. I am a prince, after all. Probably the same immortal tailor who does yours. Michael looks down at his shirt on the floor. Ah, Frigg. Her. Beelzebub tosses the shirt aside and pulls his belt free from its loops, tossing it down. Come here. They undress, leaving a trail of clothing to the king-sized bed behind two double doors. I want you. Michael picks up the more petite man and carries him a few feet to the bed to lay him out. God in heaven, you are so beautiful. God stays in heaven, and this is just you and me, Beelzebub smirks. Fuck me, he mutters, as if all things are suddenly dawning on him. As is my intention. A hand ghosts over Beelzebub's shoulder. But my intention is truly to love you completely. Michael smiles, and they kiss again. Beelzebub's fingers trace his face, and Michael wonders why it doesn't burn. These delicate touches from the damned. You're too sentimental. Beelzebub kisses him again, and when they part, those blood-red eyes stare up at him. I love you. Michael murmurs, so much. He can't help but say it. Has to. Beelzebub nods, acknowledging but never responding to that. He has never been one to respond to that, but there is something there, Michael thinks, in the softness of the ruby gaze, a feeling they share, that they both understand. Come on. Beelzebub crawls backwards on the bed to the pillows and lays himself out. I have been waiting for over a year for this. Michael obediently obliges him. It's still very early the following day when Michael wakes up. Beelzebub is sleeping across his chest, an arm wrapped around him slackly. Michael leans down, kissing his forehead. I love you, he murmurs, lifting his hand to set it aside, to roll slowly to get out from under the prince, who does not stir. 
Michael stands, grabbing his boxes and pulling them on to go to the table near the window. He looks out at the sky and at the street below that is quiet in this early hour. A few cars roll by. A drunk stumbles down the street quietly. He looks up to see birds on one of the nearby rooftops. He likes the view. Being high up makes him feel more comfortable. Something wrong, Beelzebub asks. Michael whirls around to see Beelzebub sitting on the edge of the bed, lighting a cigarette. I didn't mean to wake you, Beelzebub. I was simply curious if heaven hasn't burned to the ground in my absence, I suppose. Has that ever happened? Beelzebub takes a draw off the cigarette and blows the smoke out of his nose. Honestly. No. He comes back to the bed and sits beside the demon who offers the cigarette. Michael can only shake his head and hold up a hand in decline. Gabriel usually has everything well in hand. He looks out at the city. Then why are you so far away? Beelzebub asks, touching his knuckles to Michael's cheek. You're supposed to be here with me. Dunno, Michael turns to him and smiles. I don't do this often. Fuck a demon. Beelzebub turns to the side table, tapping his cigarette, and an ashtray appears to collect the ashes. Get laid. Leave heaven. All those things, but mostly taking time from me, Michael murmurs, unfazed by Beelzebub's tone or phrasing. Perhaps you should do it more often, Beelzebub says with a smile. Next weekend. I can't, Michael says. We, we can't. Getting away for even a day is a tax on me. I am already so far behind. Setting me back further will not endear my people to allow me to take time off like this. I shouldn't in the first place. I have a duty. It's over a year between when we can see one another and... Beelzebub shuts up. Rather quickly, Cigarette finding his lips as if to safeguard himself from speaking more. It's not been Michael's experience that Beelzebub would censor himself. You want more? Michael can guess. It's what he wants to, but it's hard to make those sorts of promises. Don't you? Beelzebub asks incredulously. I... Yes, Michael sighs. Of course I do, but neither of our sides will think what we are doing is okay. B, this is dangerous, he frowns. If, if Gabriel ever found out, or Ariel, there would be hell to pay. Beelzebub nods. What time is it? Almost four in the morning, Michael says, looking at the bedside clock. You have to leave at dawn. Beelzebub yawns deeply. Come back to bed. He snuffs the cigarette out in the ashtray and rolls back into the bed. If I only have you for a few more hours, I want to make the best of it. Agreed. Michael turns, crawling over to him. I love you. Good. Beelzebub smirks. Now do as I say. 
Beelzebub points at the pillow beside his head. Michael can only nod his agreement, and he turns the demon's head. He leans down, planning to kiss a line up his neck to his small, pale ears. Michael freezes his thumb, moving hair away from the back of his ear. B. His eyes are locked on a mark behind Beelzebub's left ear, one he has never noticed before. Hmm? Beelzebub is kissing his hand. What? Michael sucks in a tight breath as Beelzebub bites the webbed flesh between his thumb and index finger. You have a horseshoe shape in your hairline. His breath is soft and nearly stolen. The realization is a heartbreaking discovery for Michael, his destiny now staring him in the face. Beelzebub stops and reaches back to touch the mark. Yeah, I know. I have a similar mark, Michael says, turning to lift the hair behind his ear. Beelzebub turns to him, suddenly looking. You're war. What does that make you? Michael asks. My demonic trait is gluttony. Beelzebub shrugs and shakes his head. Fuck. The boss says that most likely makes me famine, as I would steal all the food away from people. He says softly and sits down. When it's all over, I guess it's going to be you, me, death, and whoever is pestilence. Michael swallows and nods. Our destiny, it seems, is already interconnected. I guess so. Beelzebub nods. I don't know who Pestilence is. I had a feeling you were war. It seemed only appropriate. Sickness, disease, Michael muses. I wouldn't even know where to start looking. Dunno, Beelzebub frowns. Guess that kills the mood. He leans back on the pillows and sighs. Look, whoever it is would be a healer, most likely, or someone who can't get sick. A spreader. Michael says, a carrier. He lays down beside Beelzebub and pulls him closer. A human, Beelzebub shrugs. Or a hybrid. He rolls to face Michael and touches his cheek. That's a definite possibility. Michael shrugs and looks past Beelzebub while he is trying to consider. Beelzebub sighs. Must we discuss it now? Michael looks down into those red eyes. Shaking his head, he pulls Beelzebub closer to him. No, we needn't. He kisses the prince's forehead and holds him tightly to his chest. <laughs>